This is Dorian Thompson Robinson, and you are listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here today with the Trash Man, back from Indianapolis, taking in the NFL Combine and uh, getting to meet with the NFL coaches and GMs, getting to watch uh, all these different workouts, on-field workouts for the um, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and... Didn't get to see the running backs live because I was in the air for that, but a bunch of stuff going on here at Roster Watch. We have the best ball cheat sheet that's now being sort of put together, as well as getting the rookie rankings integrated into the Dynasty Top 250. So um, be expecting those things here within the next week or so. We want them up by spring break. Um, and then for, for those of you who don't have kids or who aren't in college, I, th- I think spring break's generally next 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 week, right, Trash Man? I'm always on spring break. Yeah, you're looking forward to it. You always know in Austin when the, whenever those mountain laurel trees start turning kind of purple and pink, and everybody uh, everybody starts showing up for South by Southwest. You know that's you know spring's about to hit around here. We got blue. I, I call those I call those the the great popsicle trees. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're 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 definitely great. All right, so a, a a lot of stuff to get to today. We're talking about our takeaways from the uh, 2023 NFL Combine. Uh, we have Minion Hunter in the chat saying to hit that like button. Thanks for reminding me for sure, um, Minion. I'm no good at it. If you guys could please hit the like button, like and subscribe. Um, and if you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna get back on schedule with the pods with Trashman and I here. Hopefully you got to hear some of the stuff live last week. I think we brought you three pods from live in Indianapolis. So uh, some of this stuff you might've heard, I just want to kind of go through just some quick points about what the coaches and GMs had to say, maybe get Trashman's thoughts on them before we start talking about some of the big takeaways from the, um, from the prospects. Cause Jesus, man, this is going to be, we got some tough things to discuss, trash man. But just as far as just a few notes from the from the coaching availabilities uh, with GM Jerry Fontenot from the Falcons. When I asked if Tyler Algier can be their bell cow, he says he's a good player. You always need multiple at that position. Having one RB carry the ball all the time that's kind of rare. You need multiple running backs to preserve their career. We love Tyler, but it's another position we always have to add to. So Tyler Algier, we talked about him, trash man. I mean, if you look at his current ADP right now. He's currently has a higher ADP in best ball on underdog than guys like James Cook. I know Alvin Kamara, where there's worries about him and everything going on with um, everything going on with his possible continued legal situation. He's higher than Rashad White right now, even after Leonard Fournette's been cut. Uh, It's about time to tap the brakes on Tyler Algier. I don't think so. No, I mean we we saw well we saw him you know step up during the latter part of the season. I mean I thought he was a more I thought he was a better looking back than Rashad White for all intents and purposes um, at least for the latter half of the season. Um, so I don't that doesn't bother me that much. I mean yeah, and every team has multiple running backs, but 
I mean, yeah, that's just kind of the state of the NFL today, but it looks like Algier, you know, he was the top of the multiple running backs that the Falcons had. Well, they ended up being last season. He's, he, he's, he's going to get swindled. Um, I'm, out so? if, I'm out on him. If you got to have a seventh round ADP on this guy. Um, Josh McDaniels, I was asking him about how to get Darren, Darren Waller back going. He said that Darren fought through a lot of injuries, but I have a great deal of confidence in him. He ended the season in a great way, really fast, still fast, still explosive. He'll be a big part of what we do going forward. I know that quarterback situation is up in the air, trash man, with the Raiders, and we'll probably get news on that. But it's another guy whose early ADP is just insane. We're talking about the 8-9 turn right now in best ball. To me, it's like in best ball, Darren Waller, 8-9 turn. It's like, to me, that's my plan for, for now. Yeah, that makes sense. And just because tied into this, was, I feel like it was a down year for tight ends um, in 2022. And I think a lot of people are going to be going to 2023, you know, kind of with that taste in their mouth. So I feel like Waller, it's a, you know, it's a good investment, you know, because really you're not taking that much of a risk <laughs> when we're talking about tight ends. Um, all right. If, so if, if you're a little bit higher on Waller, it's it's like it it it's obvious. If you can get Darren Waller at the eight nine turn right now on underdog, it's, it seems it's it's just it seems stupid. That's like go go ahead and go ahead and get that done. Um, Bills GM Brandon Bean on James Cook saying whether we're passing it to him, to passing it to him, handing it to him, we definitely feel he can handle a larger workload. I pressed him. I said, so does that mean he can get 15, 16 touches a game? He said, you know, I think we can. I think we can. You know, he can handle that. We know that Naheem Hines is a possible cap casualty. He represents four point eight million dollars in cap savings. Singletary is going to be a free agent. They they didn't completely quash the fact that they might not bring. You know, it seems like they might bring him back. I, I don't know how, how they're going to afford it when you look at everything that they have going on. It just feels like there's a lot of runway for James Cook right now. Would you do you come out of this thing, you know, higher on him now that they've said that they, that they do think he, he can handle a larger load? I think so. Well, mainly because I feel like he makes Singletary and Hines, redu- and Hines redundant to me. I mean, I think he does what both of those guys do, but maybe a little bit better. I feel like if anything, they bring in a bit, you know, a bruiser from the draft. I, I feel like that's going to be, that's going to be the big, um, oh, the more, you know, where I'm more cautious. I think after the draft, that they don't bring any body, body is going to vulture those goal line touches. Then I think probably. You kind of, you kind of cut out there a little, a, a little bit at the end. You kind of sounded like a max headroom. What did you say? If they don't bring in anybody else to, to what? Then it's kind of clear sailing for Cook. Yeah, clear sailing for sure. All right. Um, we uh, I asked, um, you know what, man? Here's here's here, here's another one. I asked uh, Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens. This is one that I'm really interested in um, about J.K. Dobbins. It feels like J.K. Dobbins is kind of out of sight, out of mind. Is a dude who I mean, he's really good, you know, but people probably sleeping on him because of the fact that he's been he's been kind of banged up, injured. Um, Eric DeCosta said he started to look like the old JK, which is extremely exciting for the organization. He went on to say that he's going to be a big part of what they're doing moving forward. Um, I think that's extremely exciting for fantasy players. Is like one of the one of the league's highest upside young runners. He currently has like a seventh round ADP right now. It doesn't feel like that's going to really stick. Uh, it's, it's a it's, it's a slam dunk value, especially on underdog where it's only a half point PPR. I know people worry about his pass catching ability, but 
a, a, a whole year off the injury, people are going to be falling over themselves to take Brees Hall and Javante Williams coming off these injuries. They're probably going to get the J.K. Dobbins of last year. Uh, you might be able to get the J.K. Dobbins of this year, this year, right? For like a seventh, yeah. a, a seventh round pick. Are you into that? Absolutely. I feel like Dobbins, and we started to see glimpses of you know the Dobbins we come to know and love you know, later last season. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Actually, if for some reason Lamar Jackson not working out there, I mean, he doesn't work out there, that actually might be a boon for someone like Dobbins, who's actually getting vultured on the goal line by, you know, Jackson in some instances. Seattle GM, uh, John Schneider. And Trash Man, just while I'm talking, while I'm laying out this next one, check and make sure that your mic's turned on because this keeps doing this weird kind of max headroom thing. I can't tell if it might be coming through your computer or whether there's like a weird mic thing, but it does that. No, computer. it's um, I don't, I don't, I don't hear anything on my end. Um, yeah, it's like it's starting to get super garbled and stuff. So we'll just look. We'll just we'll get. How about we get through the rest of this and maybe. We will. How about we'll just talk about some of these guys about the what the coaches and the GMs have to say about this. Maybe we can get it on a separate pod later to do that once we get this all figured out to talk about some of the prospects because there's there's some important stuff to talk about and we're not going to be able to get through it if if, if that audio stays like that. Okay, um, John Schneider on Kenny or I'm sorry, it can't be Kenny Walker. It's got to be Ken Walker now. He says he's an he said quote he's an angry little elf if you call him Ken anything but Ken. So. Don't call him anything but Ken, I guess. So John Schneider on Ken Walker, it says, he said, um, I was just like, is, is, is he ready to take the next step and to be a guy that you guys can just, just depend on to take on more of a heavy load? And John Schneider said, I'm not sure you can have one guy do it the whole time. I think you need a whole slew of running backs, especially if you're an offense that's committed to running the ball. So we know that Ken Walker is one of the best young running backs in the game. He's an uber talent. Everybody in fantasy wants him to, to you know, just take the role, take the reins, take the mantle, and just completely take over. But it feels like Seattle, even if these committee back types aren't going to have like super high volume, you know, that's going to make them fantasy viable. It just feels like there's going to be just enough to where they bite into opportunities for that elite kind of volume that we hope for for Kenny Walker. Do you care? Are you worried about it? Does this do anything for your reasoning for where you have him in the in the fan or in the dynasty top two fifty, et cetera? No, I feel like Seattle, uh, along with the Ravens, is one of those teams that, you know, their offense is predicated on the run. I feel like Walker, regardless if he, you know, has somebody to dispel him on third down, you know, is going to be the bell cow back. He is going to be the goal line back. And he's dynamic enough to be the first two down back and still, and still you know, put a stamp on the game. Hey, you, you were able to get that mic fixed while, while I was talking, huh? You're, yeah. you, you're, you're a regular tech genius. Well, no, it team? was for some reason it was going through my, the mic was uh, going through my headphones and not the mic. <laughs> it sounded about as shitty as that too, man. <laughs> so it's good. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, um, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we got that figured out on the fly. Um, so yeah, so we can just go through. All right. How about this? Just, just a few more, maybe a couple of these lions ones. Okay. So Brad Holmes, lions GM on Jameson Williams. He says, we expect, Big things from him. He's got rare talent, rare ability, a serious passion for the game. He agreed with me that it's like having a second um, or not a second, I guess, an additional uh, 2023 first round pick to get a healthy Jamison Williams back. 
Uh, he was a guy, man, that lots of people viewed as the wide receiver one last year. He really came on. He had those long touchdowns to end the season. He plays in a dome. It's in an offense that plays with one of the fastest pace in the league in Detroit. They score points. They're often in good scoring position. It's, I mean, to me, Jamison Williams, I know that his ADP is starting to creep up a little bit, and I've been talking about this for a long time. But is, is this just me chasing my Jamison Williams dreams, or are, or are you in on this too? I mean, I'm in on it. I feel like I don't. I just don't know if something's got to give between Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Swift, and uh, Jamison Williams. I, I just don't know that there's enough offense to go around. Well, and then Jamal Williams, you know, although I think he's probably going to be the safest of the bunch. It's it so messed up. So messed up. <laughs> so messed up. It's, do you want to hear what Dan Campbell told me about DeAndre Swift? I, I, I just said, is he always going to have to be managed? Do you, like, do we have to keep putting up with this? And he's like, he's one of those guys that could take it to the house anywhere on the field. We thought he had a recipe going into the year, and that didn't work out. He got banged up, and by the end of the year, he started to feel better, and his production went up. We're going to start all over from scratch with him. Let's find another way to see if we can help him stay on the field. What can we do better by him? Because he's too talented to not have out there. So, I don't know. I mean, we know he's in a contract year. We know that, I mean, the lines, the, the, I, wouldn't this be the year to just say like, hey, let's just take the take the bubble wrap off. It's like if he, like, we're not stuck with him again. If like if there's anything where he can get hurt, you know, um, to me, though, it feels like the two running backs who are most certainly coming back to their teams uh, in free agency are uh, Deontay Foreman and Jamal Williams, just based on what these coaches and GMs have sort of said. Uh, those are both both uh, Frank Reich and um, Dan Campbell said that uh, Dan Campbell said it in the exit interviews. And Frank Reich has said, you know, since they've gotten there, they've talked about it being a, a big priority to get these guys back. So it feels like Jamal Williams is back. So, it, I mean, with Swift, even if they do get back to right with him and get him on the right plan, it's like he got the, the NFL's leading touchdown score, rushing touchdown score from last year. They're still on the same roster. They get down there, they're gonna they're gonna pan him the football. So I don't I don't really I don't really know. I think that this whole thing where we've been kind of not as high on Swift as others in Dynasty, I think it's been good, and I think it continues to be good, even if there's this lip service from Dan Campbell about kind of getting him back and seeing if they can get this thing right for this one final year that they have him for. Well, we do know that. It is true that Swift doesn't need necessarily a lot of touches to be a valuable fantasy asset. And so I think I think the issue will be be about, you know, like where we are taking him in these drafts. Let's talk about these rookies. You're, so the show sheet was top five biggest takeaways that you had. You had them from prospects. So I guess we can just go one by one and we might have some of the same – takeaways my biggest takeaway was you know we're just now starting our formal evaluations on the running backs we have a good idea though that having we've had a lot of exposure to B. John robinson from being you know Trashman lives in austin i live in the hill country close to austin Trashman and i both went to the university of texas we've clearly watched B. John robinson very very closely <laughs> he's been he's been a lot of fun to watch there's been very little that's been fun to watch with with texas football recently <laughs> and uh Bijan has been basically it since what 2005 almost <laughs> well we had we had we had 2009 if colt mccoy wouldn't have gotten colt, uh, colt, colt yeah. mccoy would have got his, his stinger versus alabama i, there I blacked out on that one <laughs> 
I black. I think Cole blacked out. <laughs> um, this, but my biggest takeaway is, dude, it's going to be such a pain to do the dynasty rookie rankings on running backs, and it's a it, it's a it's a deep class on running but, backs, except for Bijan Bijan Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Bijan's not a pain, right? But after Bijan, what is it? Like, I'm not even sure who the, who the running back two is now. I think I, I think it's going to be Jam- Jameer Gibbs from yeah. Alabama. Uh, but, I mean, how, how much do you really want a 5'9", 199 RB2 in Dynasty? It's just I, it, it's going to be tough. I, I think landing spots are going to help a whole lot with this stuff for the redraft stuff and for the best ball stuff. But for Dynasty, where we generally, you know, we're – I mean, that's about that's about a James Cook sized player. Yeah, do you want to take him to like take it? Because I I don't think you take him two overall, right? Not in a one quarterback league, not in a non super flex league. But what I mean, James Cook at two overall last year, and none of these none of these wide receivers I don't feel like or are, you know. It's not a shoe in to be a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave. Well, that's, that was one of my big. That was I was gonna take that to my first big take. All right. Well, what is that then? Is that the though the receiver position is deep? There isn't, there aren't the kind of necessarily the alphas that we had last season in the last draft, last year's draft class. Well, Jackson's Jackson Smith and Jigba is an alpha. I mean, he just is. But I still, I still don't know that he profiles as a number one receiver on a on a on a current team. <laughs> he, I, profiles, I he profiled as the number one receiver in the same offense as Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So you would rather take Smith and Jigma over Garrett Wilson if Wilson was in this draft oh, class? No, no. Because, well, okay. Well, with with Garrett Wilson and with Chris Olave, I've already seen what they can do in the NFL. That's part. That's kind of so. No, I wouldn't. I would take the bird in hand there, right? I've seen what they can do in the NFL. I, I, I I'm not going to. And that's and that's all I'm saying is it's like well, I don't but, know. But, I mean, it's like you're talking about both sides of your mouth, trash man. Well, it's no, like I'm not. Seen, no, I'm not because I how good they are. No, I said because I knew how good Chris Olave is. I knew how good Garrett Wilson is coming into the NFL. I thought I saw them as potential number one receivers and and they have shown that smith and jigna hasn't i don't know that that's the case with him i'm i don't doubt that it could be but i don't know that that's the case with him he had a historic um historic uh three cone and short shuttle and agility there were a lot of rules there are a lot of records that were broken in this combo yeah Yeah, i mean but i mean like JSN for him to come out of the combine as a big testing winner after he after he was scared to run the 40 because he was going to be too slow. I mean, to me, that like whenever we broke that news down there, that you know, whenever we got the word that he wasn't running, we put it out there. For one, I, I of course you're always worried about that. When but we had it from two different people who just totally would have known, right? And so we put it out there. Um and we had the whole week to sort of think about it. We're like, well, what if he does run? Be a shit. We're gonna do, we're we're gonna get totally dragged on Twitter. Um, but we started thinking. We're like, well, he's not gonna run. You know, all the information that we had. He had the mock combine before. Then he did the forty. wasn't where they wanted it. You know, he wants the extra time to get it to where it's at least feels sensible. 
Um, he had done well in the rest of his stuff, so much to where he competed in some of these drills that nobody else did. Whereas, like, he's not going to run, and you began to feel comfortable with that, right? You're like, he's not going to run. That's just part of the deal. But it was disappointing, right? It was like, it, you know, disappointing to go back on my evaluation here. And then, then he just comes out of there with this agility testing. You're just like, well, I mean, it's like everybody's forgotten about the fact that he didn't, he didn't run the 40 and he was scared to run it. He's probably going to run a 4.6. People just don't remember that now. Well, he'll probably run it. He'll run at his pro day. I mean, I, I mean, I see it kind of like a Michael Wilson situation. I mean, they're both players who are quicker, you know, you know, in their routes than they are, you know, long speed guys, which I've, I've come to realize with Wilson. So I think, yeah. I think it, they're similar in that way. Yeah. But I can't, I mean, for me, it's, you know, JSN, the, um, I guess that's a takeaway. It's like the JSN, just like he, he came, he came out of the combine, not any worse for the wear, even after it felt like it, it wouldn't have surprised me for JSN to come out of the combine, not done any testing or anything like that, but still have people say, Oh my God, he had a great on-field workout, right? He looked great catching the ball. Like he was smooth in the gauntlet. He's running straight down the line. He's like all of this stuff, right? What did surprise me was knowing that he didn't run the 40, he opted out. Mm-hmm. For him to come out of the combine and have analytics Twitter, who only cares about the testing, drooling over him, drooling over the guy, it's to to me it's amazing. It's like I mean, it feels like he only has up. It feels like he only has upside from here. So still locked in wide receiver one for me. I'm 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 not budging at this point. I'm just not gonna. I'm not changing it. I'm not moving it. This is where I've been for. Um, this is where I've been the whole time. Oh, goodness. So we have the news from um, Minion Hunter. The Balt- I haven't seen this, but he says the Baltimore put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar, meaning that we'll see if Lamar goes somewhere else, man. People are saying that – many people are saying trash, man. Many are saying that he wants to go to Atlanta. What would that do for you for Kyle Pitts? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if it would do much of anything. The, the the Kyle Pitts getting fed like Mark Andrews. I Kyle Pitts was fed, but I don't know that. I think Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts' worst enemy. I, I don't know if his struggles have been have been you know contingent on who was throwing in the ball, who's been throwing in the ball. But you know, I don't see it as I don't see it as an I don't see it as a negative for sure. But I don't know that it's I don't know that it's necessarily going to change much for me with Pitt. Here, here's a here's a prospect takeaway from me, man. Tank Dell, what the hell? Yeah, well, that was gonna that was gonna I'm be getting him just mind. down the rankings. I don't get like I don't care how good he was at the Senior Bowl. This is like what he run a four five or was an official four four nine. It looks like, but he just does. Man, he's gonna be tw- he's old. He's gonna be twenty four this year. He's got. I mean, he 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 um he he measured him with small hands. He measured it at one sixty five. He's you know. You just look at some of these other 40 times from some of these guys, and you're just like, man, really? Tank Dell, the one thing that I thought he was going to be able to go come there and show us was he was just going to blaze a 4-3 something. And it's just a 4-4-9 four, four, for me. It feels, it, for some reason, it feels so much better than a 4-5, right? It feels better than that 4-5 un, unofficial that he had. But it really isn't. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not in the range that you want for a dude who's, well, 165 pounds. Like, what is that guy going to really do for you? I'm to the point where it's like I have Tank Dell now. Um, let me see. 
I mean, I've tanked down now under guys like Trey Tucker and Dontavion Wicks, who ran horribly. Wicks was I've, slow as hell, too. I, uh, I have him underneath Puka Nakua, who didn't run, but he had a really good on-field workout, better than I would have thought. Um, do you know another guy, just as I'm talking about Tank, man, who I really moved up after just watching his on-field workout, man? Char- Charlie Football, dude. Charlie Jones. He could do – that guy can play. That guy could play. He's going to be 25 years old this year. But um, I think that's about the age the Cooper Cup was whenever he was coming out. Charlie Jones had an on-field workout that was one of the most clean that I've seen in a, in a, in a long time. Um, I was there with Cody Carpentier. He was doing the charting like we used to do on the grading chart, and Jones came out with the best on-field grade for, for Cody. It did not surprise me one bit. Anyway, that's, that's my takeaway. Tank Dell from Houston – yeah, really falling down the rankings for me this week. What I mean, yeah, that I mean, here's the thing: he was, was never gonna gonna be high in my rankings anyway. People, that's the thing. That's the thing. He was yeah. never gonna be somebody's, you know, in somebody's top five. I think though, it just kind of puts guys like Josh Downs, you know, uh, and um, and Reed, you know, ahead of him. Oh gosh, no, that's no question, dude. To I mean, I never had Tank Dell anywhere near Josh Downs. Neither did you. Neither did you. I mean, you had Josh Downs in your top five. Uh, but I think it just – I think it just – it puts him into a, a different tier. No, it's – well, they've always been a different tier. Like, they've been – it puts one – like, it almost well, makes – Well, I mean, well, I know – I don't know. If Tank Dell had run in the four threes, I might have – you know, I wouldn't have held it against somebody to draft him, you know, closer to those guys, but – yeah, I mean, I could, I can see that as it stands, at, but as it stood prior to this, I'm saying you're saying that with the assumption of a four three, you can. See I mean, we were but talking about Dell, you know, you know, skipping out on his last, you know, couple of days of practice. It's like, hey, he came and showed out that he was, you know, one of the best guys on the field at the Senior Bowl, so he didn't need to do anything else. So we well, were, I mean, like, come, he needed to come in and we wait were, more than once. We were, we were, we were pretty high on Dell, and a lot of people were after those first two days. Well, we were high on his practices, but we did say he's uh, that we did say that his best case scenario and the it's very unlikely he's going to reach it is, is like a Marquise Brown, and that's just so hard. To, that's so hard to, so hard, you know. Like he was never to be anybody who we took in any. And you can listen back to those broadcasts. He wasn't anybody we would take any before the fourth round of a dynasty rookie draft or one. QB right, but I mean, but I mean, but he had there was the potential for the, for upside there for sure. What what other takeaway did you have? Anything else that we that we haven't mentioned? Yep. Um, let me go look at my notes real quick. I can I can do another one. Uh, one one for me is that just getting to see them close up. I had a real I had a real issue with um, Zay Flowers and Josh Downs. Which one I liked better between the two of them? Uh, yeah, so, I was gonna bring Zay Flowers is my next. Yeah, just getting to see both those guys like live and in person and getting to kind of stand next to him and stuff. I know the difference in weight between Zay Flowers and Josh Downs um, is 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 only like 11 pounds. They're both 5'9", but Josh Downs from North Carolina weighs 171. Zay Flowers from Boston College weighs 182. Both of them broke out as sophomores in college. Uh, Zay Flowers did stay for his senior season where Josh Downs is an early declare um, Zay Flowers ran a 4.42 at 182 pounds compared to Josh Downs' 4.48. Josh Downs will be 22 this year, whereas Zay Flowers is going to be 23 this year. Um, 
with that being said, the two guys, just their body types, they were kind of the doppelganger, you know, Spider-Man meme kind of deal. We didn't know. It's just, it's just hard to choose between the two. And while I will admit Josh Downs might have looked a little bit smoother during on-field drills, that 11 pounds of size in the, in between those two guys, it really makes a difference. Trash man, Josh Downs is a little bit puny. He's kind of, like he's pretty so, so small. So who, who do you choose between the two? You choose Jordan Addison. I no, well I well yeah, I choose Zay over I choose Zay, but yes, I choose Jordan Addison over either of those guys. Did you have a takeaway on Jordan Addison? Yeah, were you I just pleased thought, with it. Were you pleased with his? Were you pleased with his four four nine time? I thought it was fine. And the thing is, Jordan Addison just he's good. He's good at everything. He really doesn't have a weak spot as far as I'm concerned. He's just really good all around receiver. Um, so I yeah. So I think of that group of guys. For me, he's just the most complete and NFL ready. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it's no question that you would have Jordan Addison over those two. But to me, that was never a discussion. The discussion was Josh Downs and Zay Flowers. To me, it's, you know, after seeing both those guys in person, Zay Flowers, um, Zay Flowers to me is the, uh, is, the, is the obvious choice. And then just a couple other things. Um, well, I, w- I was going to bring up Trey Tucker. I feel like, you know, kind of like the converse of – the converse of Tank Dell is the Trey Tucker, somebody who, you know, made some decent plays. You saw him make a few plays here and there at the Senior Bowl, but nothing really, nothing really stood out on the whole. But his forty time, I think, really kind of um, gives him a boost going into this draft. Trey Tucker, what what is that? A four four one? Was that a four four one? I forget what it was. Was it? Was it was it faster than that? Let me see. Trey Tucker. Should have this stuff pulled up. Four four. Okay, whatever. Four 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 four. I have a four four one. Is his official? Maybe a, I'll go ahead. On the NF on the NFL side, it's four point four. It's four zero. Okay, four four zero. All right. Yeah, Trey Tucker is a good player. Kind of kind kind of reminded us of a Jamison Crowder there at the Senior Bowl. If he's running a four four flat, that feels a little bit faster. Than a guy like um, than a guy like Jamison Crowder, Trash Man. I'm gonna be really interested to see your uh, one more takeaway from me. I'll be interested to see your write up. Now that we're getting done with w- wide receivers, it looks like we're gonna have ranked the top 30 wide receivers. Uh, I, the last one that we haven't done yet that I feel like we need to do is Marvin Mims Jr. from Oklahoma. He measured in. He was an underclassman. Measured in at 5'11", 183, nine inch hands, 31 and five eighths inch arms. But ran the four three eight. He's going to be twenty one this year. Pretty pr- pretty good statistical profile. So I'll be interested to see where you have him. He's in that same kind of size class as um, as Downs, Flowers, Addison, all the rest of these. So many of these guys are five eleven, one seventy five to one eighty five types. It'll be interesting to see how you uh, have Marvin Mims stacked up there. Well, I was wanted to ask you too um, quickly about um, Palmer. I mean, he ended up having the fastest forty time for a receiver. You did the write up on him. Do you feel like it's on par of what we were, you were expecting from him, or do you think it it gives him a slight boost? Well, just I mean, I don't want to double count it, right? Because didn't we know that he was going to be the fastest wide receiver there? <laughs> I was like, I mean, we, you know, I, I mean, he knew. said he said he would be. Right. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, did didn't you kind of think it? I mean, he he told us that the Senior Bowl was going to be a is going to be a four two kind of thing. So Trey Palmer ends up running a four three three. At I believe he was six feet one hundred and ninety. Was he six feet one hundred ninety two pounds? Let's see. Uh, Trey Palmer, yeah, yeah six, six feet one ninety two, nine and five eighths inch hands. Um, didn't break out until his senior year, but did have just an awesome 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 breakout where he's like a 42 percent dominator there for nebraska whenever he transitioned from uh, lsu kind of reminded me of a sort of a danny gray quez watkins uh type of guys but certainly one of the fastest players in the big 10 um you know he was i mean the things i worried about with him the body catches the the you know letting it into his body all that stuff like that all that stuff was really on display for the um for the on-field drills, we know that he's not a smooth route runner. His hands, like we said, aren't quite as natural as you would like. And uh, he, you know, as far as just the way that he runs and his locomotion, he's a little bit kind of wild and herky-jerky. I think that that's kind of why he goes down a little bit more easy on first contact. You're so you don't, so you, don't, you don't feel like his 40 time necessarily helps him? No. And do you know why? What is that? Fast guys run fast. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.